Oh, my dear old things, welcome to another episode of Talking Shot, the photography and filmmaking podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking Shot. I am here with the amazing Sean Comboy. Welcome, Sean. Welcome. Hello. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm very good, mate. And we are here at the Society's Convention. Yeah. And you are the very first bricks and mortar photographer I've ever had on the show. Oh, wow. That's so, very interesting interesting to know. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for coming along and thank you for being dragged out of the bar yeah. um, and away from Scott Johnson. Um, <laughs> so as, as we always like to do, we like to find out a bit about our guests and, and what they like and what sort of makes them tick. So the classic cliche question, how the hell did you get into architectural photography? Very interesting. I mean, there's probably two sides how I got into photography was through the influence of my grandfather really because we went to live with him when I was about 13 because things were a bit tight for us as a family and, we, and I had to share a room with him which was not a chore, he was my apple of my eye yeah. and um, he gave me a cine camera which he owned, a very old cine camera and I started making movies when I was at school and then when I left school I wanted to get a job in the movie industry but I grew up in Blackpool so there was no movie industry and I went to work for a photographer and within a matter of days I was hooked on photography and, and that was it so I've worked in photography my whole life. So that's quite interesting because most people now in the modern era now are going from stills into video where yeah. you back then essentially your background was video and cine video. Fil- film yeah super yeah, 8 film. film yeah. Proper yeah. film yeah. and then you went into stills. Definitely. Wow. And it's interesting because when I when I was about 17, 18, leaving school, I was writing to all the TV companies and film companies, you know, and they're all saying, you're a bit young, you need experience, learn about photography. That was the advice I got, learn about photography and it'll help you with film. But when I got involved with photography, I was hooked on photography and, and that was that. Even though now, like you've just said, I'm getting involved in a lot of film projects. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's sort of gone full, full circle. circle. Yeah, yeah, full yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you've, got, you've gone there. But the classic one is, I mean, Architectural photography is very niche, isn't it? You've yes. got to be incredibly patient, yes. incredibly focused. Yes. Um, people do a lot of the work for you. Myself being a, a social photographer, you like. Yeah. Um, people do a lot of the work for photography. But, you know, you can't talk to a building. You can't say, oh, can you just move this way or that? No, exactly. So, <laughs> so you, you can only work with the with the weather in the building. Correct. So, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think uh, when I when I uh, I worked for a photographer when I left school, and then I got he persuaded me to go to photo college, Blackpool, the famous Blackpool photo college, which was a really cool photo college in those days. Um, and I quickly realised I didn't like working in a studio; I like working out in location. And I also had a great interest in buildings and structures. I found them exciting; they excited me. So I was sort of drawn that way. But it's great what you say about the weather because I quickly realised I needed to do more interior than exterior photography living in the UK (laughs) and my real speciality is interiors really is my absolute yeah yeah absolute because you've got more opportunities to work with that situation yes yes we're very limited with the sun over here aren't we yeah and uh good old blighty yeah yeah um okay so you you move you move from film to stills to 
architectural, then to interiors. Yes. Yeah. So interiors is very stylized now, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you develop that? Do you work with a stylist or do you just sort of go in and you have a set sort of um, brief from your client or? No, it really, I'd say I'm quite lucky in my business because there's sort of two sides to it, really. I've got people who look at your book, like your style, like the way you photograph things and give you a very free hand to photograph it in your style and your way. Yeah. And then I'll work with advertising agencies and art directors, creative directors, and then I'll be working to a tighter brief and probably work in conjunction with the art director sometimes on set so it can work that way. We sometimes work with stylists, but more often than not, we don't. We work with what's there and, and try and make that work for us. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's quite that's quite a lot of people involved in a shoot, actually, to produce yeah. an image, if you yeah. like. Yeah. So if we condense that all down, what would make your perfect shoot for you as an interior, interior photographer? What would make the perfect shoot? Mm. Um, well... Freedom within the space, because sometimes we have to work in a lot of spaces which are occupied. Uh, we do a lot for hotel groups and things like that. So we have to deal with a working environment, which can be tricky, because um, I'm very much learned my photographer in the area of film, and in my case, four by five inch transparency film. So I'm very much the sort of person that captures the image in camera, because that's the way I learned photography. Yeah. And even though I'm fully immersed in digital capture now, with I use a Hasselblad digital back on a Linhoff camera with the latest Rolenstock lenses. I still work to the same discipline of getting it right in the camera because that's the way I learned photography. So having control of the space is quite important because I use a lot of lighting within the spaces that I photograph, obviously to balance the image and control the colour and so forth. Yes, and I guess with modern technology now, you were shooting Get It Right in Camera, then that thing called HDR came along. Yeah. And it sort of makes us go, ooh. Yeah, we, never, we never shoot HDR, no, no. It makes us shiver. Oh, we'll, we'll just shoot lots of things and blend it. No, yeah. no, no, no. no, no, no. no, no. I, I once saw a creative director throw a hard drive out of a six-story window full of HDR images. Oh, I like so, it. No, 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 we don't shoot HDR. No, 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 no. But okay, so moving, when you move from film into digital, yeah. and I was really, really slow. Yes. Because right? when, uh, so I was shooting, um, I was shooting Nikon and then uh, actually my first digital camera was Fujifilm, like S1. S2, those, yeah. and um, I was really slow moving over because I trusted film so much. Yes, and at that point I didn't trust digital. Yeah, so I didn't trust the technology. So how, uh, me being a social, social photographer, how did you find that transition? It, yeah, it's a very good point. And funny enough, um, the chap that used to run Sinar UK, I remember him saying to me, architectural photographers were some of the last photographers to go digital, and that proved to be mm. true. I was a bit of a late adopter to digital. Like you, I trusted film, I knew what I was doing, my clients loved it, it was all working well for everybody. But obviously, as labs were closing down and things were changing, the change had to come. So by the time I got my first digital camera, which was 2006, and that was a hassle. 22 megapixel the quality was pretty good by then yeah. so the clients accepted it easier but even then we were still shooting 4.5 film right up to 2009 wow. believe it or not towards the end and then the, the new cameras and lenses came out from Linhoff I got a Linhoff Techno Alper companies like that as well and the new Rodenstock lenses which gave us the angles of view coupled with the camera movements that we required for that sort of photography so we were late adopters but I think the advantage of that was by the time we were 
shooting digital, the captures were really high quality. So it was a good transition. And now with the have the Hasselblad 100 megapixel sensor, and the quality is just mind blowing, mind blowing. And the dynamic range in particular, fantastic. And I mean, because you're shooting there, and you're if you've got your client there, like we we do if we're on, on set and we're shooting tethered. Yes. And you've got your client there. Boom! It's in front yeah. of them. And that exactly. gives your client confidence, doesn't it? Absolutely. And yeah. and and as I do a lot of work internationally, Ross, obviously mm. haven't done for the last two years with the pandemic, but prior to that, I work a lot around the world. And that gives you such confidence that you can go somewhere, shoot the pictures, know you've got it all beautifully captured, backed up, even backed up to the cloud if you want to, yeah. whatever. Um, that makes such a big difference. In fact, one of my assistants said to me, when you used to go and do these things on film, how did you know the pictures had come out? I said, well, we didn't until we got back home yeah. you know, we processed the film. But that's how it was, you know. <laughs> No, it's not. It's just how it was. You know? But wasn't that part of the excitement, though? You, you would go, yes. But when you take that photo on film, you knew you had nailed it. Yes. You knew without even looking at it, and the yeah. confidence because you knew the technology, you yeah. know, yes, I've got that shot. I've got, well, expression, you've got the light, you've got the building, yeah. you've got the weather, all those elements that come together. Yeah, and absolutely. Yes, nailed it, wrap, let's go and have yeah. a beer sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And now we're like, you shoot it and go, yeah, I have got that shot, but I've got to take a few more yeah. just to sort of show the client. <laughs> No, no, yeah, absolutely right. And I think, I think the great thing about film and large format film, you know, the sheer cost of it. I mean, you know, every shot we took would be for press, you know, cable release probably cost about twenty-five pounds per shot. Wow. And I always say to people when I do my presentations, you imagine if your digital camera was connected to your credit card, and every time you press the button, it was twenty-five pounds. You'd make sure there was something decent in front of the frame before you took the picture. Yeah. Because that's a very good point because there there is a lot with. digital that has attached itself to the spray and pray mentality yeah and the you know they will get occasionally get an amazing shot whereas if you condense it all down and you think about what you compose and you get your lighting right all those elements it's probably going to take the same amount of time to get the same shot you know what I mean if you actually break it all down prepare get the lighting right get the setting right and and take that squeeze off that one shot definitely and that you know it's this more considered approach to the photography as well I find it works from a business perspective as well because the clients respect what you're doing Mm. respect the techniques and even whether it be older art directors to younger directors they respect the photography elements of it which we as photographers can bring to it and I think even the young guys it's great they really find it interesting about getting the image captured in in one capture you know and and don't get me wrong the quality now is better uh, and, and the lenses I have on the Linhoff even allow me more camera shift than I ever got in the past but we still work to those same disciplines and uh, because that's the way I've always learned photography and, and I, I think it does tie you down you know what the way I always sell it in is less images but high quality a small selection of high quality images is far better than lots of average images yes you know? and that's I think it's very important very absolutely important. absolutely so talk me through a classic day in the life of an architectural photographer oh. called Sean Cumbria <laughs> well there is no there is probably no classic day I mean it can vary from it, it, it first of all you got a lot of early starts well you got to wake up haven't you yeah correct <laughs> <laughs> and you got a lot even more late finishes yeah. um, 
It depends what you're shooting. You could be shooting uh, an exterior shoot, so you might be there before sunrise. Yeah, I, I like to work early in the morning, late in the evening, obviously get the, the, the lower light, the more interesting light on shoots like that. And then you can have interior shoots. We've got to get into to a set and you just have to get in early in the morning, get all the lighting, get all the equipment in, the logistics, and sometimes physically getting all your kit into a location can be quite challenging. And then setting everything up and controlling that space. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lifting and shifting. And we last year we photographed the world-famous Tower Ballroom in Blackpool, which is refurbished. And my assistant did 45,000 steps in that working day. Wow. Inside a ballroom. How many did you so, do? Yeah, I did about 28,000. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of physicality still to the job. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, so, you, I mean, what... I, some people who shoot landscape architecture, they yeah. have a preference, blue, golden hour. What's, what's your preference? You Sorry? know, you, golden hour or blue hour? For me, blue hour. Mm. Yeah, I prefer blue hour. Yeah, definitely. You just, um, what, that, it gives you those sharper tones or? I think or it sharp does. is the wrong, sharp, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I love the tone of blue hour mm. and I feel because it goes away from you rather than wakens up on you, you sort of are a bit more prepared for what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I find it a little harder at dawn. Yeah, I agree. Even though you get some great effects, it's a little harder because it's coming at you yeah. and before you know it, it's bright. It is. Whereas when it's going away from you and you can't be, and particularly some of the great locations that go abroad, we did a fantastic shoot in Oman a couple of years ago and the blue hour just went on and on oh, and on wow. in the sky. Such clarity, you know, and it, um, yeah, I absolutely love shooting stuff like that. Do, you do pinch yourself when you're in different parts of the world, don't you? And you're actually you're yes. shooting and the light is different, yeah, whether absolutely. it's cooler, warmer. Yeah. And yeah. You, like you say, that blue hour just lasted and lasted. And you're just thinking, oh, fantastic. Is this happening? And, yeah. And you just, oh, you just absorb. Orbit, don't Very you? exciting, yeah, yeah. Get and, and and I have to again take my hats off to Hasselblad with their 100 megapixel chip. The the tonal range, the way it records colour, absolutely beautiful. And uh, I mean, it, it, the detail you can get out of skies now is mm. quite incredible. Even after blue hours long, particularly if you're in a city like we did, we did quite a lot in Japan, and you get all this these illuminated cities well after sunset. Yep. There's still much light pollution in the air. You still get you know good areas in the sky that light up pretty well. So yeah, it's very very good. So I've got to ask you, Sean, is there a shot that's got away? One, you've, you've, you've gone after that shot. You're not, you haven't chased it, but you haven't got it to what you want it to be. It hasn't been a Sean Combo one, and it's just escaped you slightly, whether it's taken you an extra day to shoot what you wanted. But if you, you know, if we all, I guess as creators and photographers and that, we chase that perfect shot yes. that makes us tick. You know, we're never happy with the last shot. We yeah. think, oh, it's okay. Some, you, you, may, you may go, oh, that's a fantastic image, but you're not happy with it. So what is your shot that you may have let get away or the shape or the shoot that you are still chasing. Does that make sense? Uh, well, the shot that getaway is a very good one. <laughs> um, that's the great thing about what we do is that you're always trying to pursue to get that better shot. So I, I've always tried my utmost to get that shot. Sometimes you don't get exactly what you want, but you keep trying and trying to get it. And if the time allows, I'll often go and do a revisit, you know, at my own cost, if it gets me the right picture, because clients always remember the right shot. They do. But there is some occasions when I've been shooting away abroad and the light's just not done what I want it to do and I've just not quite got what I've wanted often the client's very happy but it's just what you want yeah 
And for the shoot that I'd love to do, I think it's what you're saying on the other side of it, yeah. is I'd love to shoot the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg. I love uh, historical interiors with loads of detail because they're very challenging to light. Yeah. I love space. And the other one would be the Vatican. I'd love to shoot inside oh. some of the Vatican spaces. Um, but I've not had the opportunity to do those. I'm working on it, but yeah. I've not quite got there yet. Yeah. Well, you, you do appreciate the interiors and, oh. and, and, and the ones with history behind them as well, don't you? Absolutely. I love historical interiors. I really do. Yeah. And you've got tons of it in, in the UK as well, yeah, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting, right? So um, when, it, when it comes, you've been judging. Yes, I have. Uh, yes. Uh, today. And um, when you look at a, a competition and you look at, you're judging architectural photos, what, what do you look for? Well, light. First thing would always be light. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, getting the right quality of the light, whether it be inside or outside, just getting the control and controlling that light and making the most of that light. Because most spaces, if you wait for the right time of day where the light's coming through the right way, you can make the most of it. And it's people making the most of the light that appeals to me. Obviously, strong competition, accurate, very accurate nail compositions, which shoot architectural photography. I, I, as you can imagine, I suffer from OCD quite Absolutely. badly. Absolutely. It's got to be <laughs> so, spot on. Yeah. I love to see a strong composition. And and sometimes you see a shot, um, there was a good shot in, uh, I saw today, and the light wasn't perfect, but the composition was beautiful. Mm. So, you know, you look at different elements in a picture, but those are the two elements that really appeal to me. And what I love about judging at the society is I get the chance to do other areas of photography as well too. And I find that really, really interesting, you know, really interesting to see what people are doing in other areas of photography. Yeah, it keeps you switched on, doesn't it? Sorry? It keeps you switched on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And chatting to all the people like we're now in the bar, like talking to you. Yeah. You get to meet people and see into other people's photographic worlds. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. So how's 2022 looking for Sean Cumbria the rest of the year looking for you? Yes, looking looking good. I mean, we, we, we I haven't done too badly, I have to say, through the pandemic. I managed to, obviously I'm not doing overseas work through the travel problems, but I managed to get some of my UK clients busy here, which has been great. So it's been good. 2022 is looking good. And we're starting to see the seeds of some overseas shoots coming up. So that's really good. It's really. nice, actually. There's, there is some slight normality coming back yes. to it, isn't it? Which Very we've missed so. the last two yeah, years. Yeah, and yeah. especially being back here and seeing yeah. everyone, it's like, oh my God, hello. I've so enjoyed it so far. You know, it's only the second day but I'm really really enjoying it it's yeah, crazy really, isn't it yeah, really good really well Sean good. it's been an absolute pleasure mate talking to you no problem and um, follow Sean Conboy what's your what's the best way to contact you look at your work my website really www.seanconboy.com yep. um, which I'm sure you'll put a link on your yes we will put yeah, all the yeah, details yeah, in perfect if anybody wants to get in touch just drop me an email that's the best way or Instagram you know, I'm on Instagram seanconboy62 love to hear from you available Fantastic. for shoots on earth and outer space okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks buddy you're a star. Pleasure. Thanks. Cheers, Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to leave a review or contact us, drop us a line at podcast at talkingshot.co.uk. Yeah.